They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally, that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Super duper excited. First time I've ever used super duper in a sentence in public. Um, super excited about this podcast. On uh, on with Steve Bro today from the Southlands Falls Paranormal Society. Amongst other things, you are a busy man, Steve. I yeah, I am. I try to stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's good though. I mean, I guess we should start with the formalities. How are you holding up with us? You know, having to stay home. Uh, you know, it's, I've been working from home. Our, our job started, they kind of jumped, uh, jumped ahead and got into it before everybody else. So I've been actually working from home since about the second week of March. Um, so it's been, it's been about two months of only leaving the house really to, to go to grocery stores or to the, uh, the abandoned hospital that I'm sure we'll talk about. And the liquor store. Don't forget the liquor store. The essentials. The essentials. Exactly. Um, speaking of the, uh, the, the hospital, how is, how is, uh, refurbishing going? Oh man, it's, uh, it's been a project. We've only been able to get up there for, you know, probably the last three or three or four weekends, um, to really start working on it. Um, and then when we got up there on Saturday this weekend, there was actually a pretty good layer of snow everywhere on the ground. So that Ah. was, that was a fun surprise to, to walk up to, you know? Son of a, so you guys, there was actually snow there because we were supposed to get like one. I know you're quite, you're much further north than we are. And they told us like one to three. And when I woke up on Saturday morning, there was like a patch of snow in part of my yard. Yeah, I had like, we had like a little bit of snow on top of the cars here. And then the hospital is actually a little bit outside of Saratoga out near like Galway. Um, Yeah. It's higher up on like a kind of like a mountain. You kind of got to go up a little bit, and uh, okay. so they got they got a little bit more snow up there than we did. So let's let's talk about the hospital. Uh, the actual name is the what? It is the old Saratoga County Homestead. Okay, which has been vacant for quite some time. Um, <laughs> Too there, long. <laughs> there is there is a person in our building that we know, Terry, who is absolutely in love with that place and has wanted to go quote unquote urban exploring for quite some time. And you are now what the property manager. Yeah. So, uh, the building actually, it started as a TB hospital. Um, the original building was built in 1914 and then that burnt down. Um, they rebuilt this current hospital in 1937. Um, and so it was TB hospital for a long time. Um, then it closed and was a nursing home for a little while. And then it closed and a private owner purchased it in the 80s and was going to um, kind of refurbish it and change things around to make it um, sort of like a drug rehab facility, um, an inpatient building. Uh, his partner passed away who was working with him on the project. So he pretty much just abandoned it and moved to Florida and built a brand new facility because that was easier for him to do by himself than to try to fix this one. Um, then it sat abandoned from the early 80s until... Last year, it, it sold in August of last year in an auction. Um, a man by the name of James purchased it um, in auction. He lives in Texas. I was I was watching the auction the entire time because I've been, you know, 
pretty much in love with this building for the last decade, uh, driving by it, taking pictures, uh, never going inside because, you know, I don't want to get in trouble for trespassing with all the other, you know, businesses and the paranormal stuff I, I do. It wouldn't look good if I got arrested. So um, right. I, I avoided that and just took pictures from the outside. Um, but when the auction ended, I pretty much stalked this guy based on his screen name, figured out, found him on Twitter, uh, figured out his real name. And then I found him on Facebook um, and shot him a message and he's been great. He's been really cool to work with. Um, since he's in Texas, I'm pretty much his guy. Um, like you said, on the ground up here, he came up in October for a few days and I met him up at the building and we walked around and talked about all the possibilities and what he had in mind and what I thought would be a good idea to raise some money towards restorations. And he pretty much gave me the, uh, the keys of the castle while he's in Texas. So nice. Now, um, have you had any experiences while you were, uh, while you're, cause I know as of right now, you're kind of like the only one that's doing any kind of refurbishing. Like, you know, you don't have any help coming in as of yet. Well, right now you can barely get in there cause we can't leave the freaking house. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, but so you have been there, you've done a couple of walking tours, correct? Like photograph, yeah. like photography tours and stuff. Yeah, so last fall we opened it up um, two times for the first time legally in 40 years um, to let people in the building and take pictures. Um, very short. It was middle of fall, so it was pretty cold. We did like hour and a half little tours. Um, the first, I mean, they sold out immediately because people right. wanted to get in there for the first time without having the risk of, you know, the cops call, being called on them. Um, yeah. I, as far as I know, during the tours, nobody really had anything going on. There was one woman who said she was sensitive and she could kind of feel the energy. Um, mm -hmm. but since we've been up there cleaning up the last, you know, three, four weeks, um, it's basically just me, um, and a couple of other members of the Southlands Falls Paranormal Society helping out. And, uh, my wife is helping out. She spent her entire mother's day up there shoveling. So, you know, praise to her. She's only, uh, she, I, mean, I mean, she's a dog's mom, but you know, she didn't get to hang out with her, her daughter, the little dog all day. So she was <laughs> putting in some work up there, but I know that in the three weeks that we've been up there, we've been having some, some pretty crazy experiences. Really? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty interesting, actually, because we don't we weren't sure what to expect. You know, we've heard all the stories and all the rumors of it being haunted, but never having been able to investigate or really spend a lot of time in there. We didn't know what to expect going in. And um, it's been surprising. That's for sure. Nice. Now, are, are the, is the energies or are the energies and or spirits slash inmates helping you clean up at all? Or are they, are they just bothering it's interesting? You? We actually had um, we, we can hear things getting moved around. Um we actually had what appeared to be a can uh, thrown down the hallway towards us. Oh. So they were kind of making more of a mess than anything. So it's not really helping, but. Oh, so they're just making life worse for you. I get it. Essentially. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> the spirits in the building are throwing cans and then you have living people who are still unfortunately breaking in and, and trashing the building as we clean it up, which is not great. No. Well, we know how great humans are. So of course. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I actually referenced it in the last podcast when I was talking about uh, Katie and Michelle, and they tell me all the time how they fear the living way more than they fear the dead. So, you know, that's, you know, that's why I hang out and go to so many haunted places. The, the dead <laughs> people are way better than people that are alive. Way better. I, I don't know, man. Listen, I watched that Evil of Nowhere. <laughs> uh, actually, I started watching it again this Saturday with my youngest daughter. She's 12. And, uh, I was telling her about it because she has some stuff going on mm -hmm. at her mother's house with her where like she's left the room and come back in and whatever she was watching on YouTube, which was probably a good 25, 30 minute video. Mm -hmm. She was only maybe 10 minutes into it and comes back and, you know, there's a new video on. Um, 
And then her young, her younger sister who turns two in like a week, the other day or last week, whenever it was, she was like, yeah, no, uh, she was standing in her crib in, in mommy's room and she was staring at the corner going, hi, hi. <laughs> and then was like, you can't get me. And like ducked under her sheets. Oh, <laughs> good. Oh, good. I was like, oh, cool. So, um, I did, I did run that by Katie and Michelle. Um, yeah. and I, for the people listening, if you haven't heard before, Katie and Michelle are my two psychic friends that I do psychic on the scene with another podcast. Um, and they were like, well, you know, is it bothering them? Is it, this is it that because michelle was like i will clear it remotely and i'm like they're so far everything is good but they are by like high tension wires mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't necessarily i my because my kid was like i knew my our, our duplex was haunted and i'm like i don't know if you're necessarily haunted or it's the proximity you have to the high tension wires right drawing the energy in so it's like it might not be energies that are necessarily stuck to your house Right. It might not have anything to do with the location or the people. Right. It might just be almost like a uh, like a feeding ground for them with all the energy in there. It's like a buffet. Yep. Yeah. So I and I asked her straight up. I'm like, you know, do you feel are, are you scared? You know, do you mm-hmm. feel any like do, can you feel the negative energy or anything? She's like, no, no, no. She's like, it's fine. Nothing's bothering us. I'm like, OK. So Michelle was like, well, just let me know. So. Right. But um, so we started watching. Now, I watched your documentary last weekend and I was like, Hmm, anxiety ridden before I had even started. Cause I don't like to like, I don't watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if people are actually, what screwed me up was paranormal activity. One of the 15 <laughs> movies that they made. Yep. Um, and I think what it is like, I can watch slasher movies, but I can't watch things that have to do with like the paranormal uh, hauntings, possessions, stuff like that. Because I'm like, see, these to me are like, it's like reality based movies. So I'm not worried about a guy in a mask with a cleaver because really, <laughs> you know, like Jason Voorhees shot 27 times and keeps right on chugging along. I'm like, th- those don't scare me. So anyway, long story short, I watched, um, the evil of nowhere and had anxiety for quite a bit of it. <laughs> Loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Not a problem. Uh, the end was quite interesting where you guys had your interactions with the, uh, with, with, with the, whatever the hell was going on there on the stairway. Yeah, that, you know, Ben farms was interesting because it came in so many waves. It would be like walking through for a while and it was pretty calm, just kind of like an empty house, nothing really going on. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, for the next half hour, 45 minutes, it would be nonstop activity, footsteps over here, voices over here, stuff moving upstairs, shadows. Intera- it was it was so weird how it happened. Um, and it was a very different style haunting than um, like Madison Seminary, where we filmed the first one, um, yep. which is still still being re-uploaded right now for a couple different reasons. But it's getting re-uploaded, so that'll be back on Amazon. But it's it's just such a different style haunting when you go to a uh, you know an old farmhouse versus an old seminary or an asylum or prison or something. Well, that the the history of that property was crazy with like the different people that had kind of you know lived on the property with the doctors and did they were they doing like did they have patients in the home? Is that what I got yeah. from that? At one point, they did. Yes. Yep. They were doing, he was performing all kinds of surgeries and operations in the home. Um, there was 
Native American um, land. That was Native American land first way back when. Um, there was a Civil War battle right down the street. I mean, very, very close down the street um, to the house. Um, and then you have the doctor doing all these kinds of other things and the rumors of the little girl drowning in one of the old cisterns. It's, it's kind of crazy there. Wow. The goats were cute, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like... If if we weren't investigating, you would have found us out. So we were just inside outside playing with the goats all day. That's pretty much all nice. we did. Nice. It was funny as we were watching it, and uh, we we we're, we get to the beginning, and you guys are rolling up in the in the Mini Cooper, and <laughs> my daughter goes, "Which one is your friend?" Or no, I'm sorry, I pointed you out like before it had even started, and she goes, "Your friend's in the back seat." I'm like, "I see that. Thank you." <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's uh, that's, so, Keith's, uh, that's Keith's Mini Cooper. He's got his little paranormal <laughs> Mini Cooper he takes on all his road trips. It's pretty cool. Which explains the front plate on it that says paranormal. Yep. <clears throat> I was like, oh, I, I had noticed that. I pointed it out to, to Maddie, and she goes, oh, okay. So, But we got about, I think, halfway through it this weekend, and then um, I we actually we had to make I had to make dinner and then we had a, a virtual happy hour me and some of the dads from the dance studio so mm-hmm. we are gonna pick that up next time but she's like I go how you doing with this she goes I really like it and I was like <laughs> oh, okay but she was she was disappointed that your uh, your equipment crapped out after I think after the basement like yeah. I think you you made your way to the first floor and then everything got wiped I can't win I can't win with my solos the the madhouse <laughs> solo for Madison Seminary. Um, I look like a little fool there. I get, I can't even finish my solo at Madison. Madison and me have this history where, um, the third floor especially, um, kind of has my number kind of kicks my butt every time I'm there. So I've been going there for four or five years now. And you know, the solo there, um, um there was just a yeah. lot built, a lot built up to it. So it kind of kicked my butt and I didn't even get to finish my solo. And then evil nowhere, I, I, I do my entire solo and I do it pretty good. And I have a couple of weird experiences and my camera craps out in the first five minutes. Awesome. That was, yeah, I was like, son of a, come on. Although, yep. Hey, listen, at least what was it? JP who got touched. Was yeah. That it was right? JP. Yep. <laughs> at least, at least his didn't crap out. So we could watch him go flying off the stool. It, you know, it was so funny because he, while we did the solo, since the house was so small, um, whoever was doing the solo was the only person inside. Like we had me, Keith and Alex were standing outside um, looking through a window, watching the DVR cameras, like the security footage so we could watch in real time. And then we had our camera guy, Roman, who was sitting just inside the front door, kind of manning the cameras in case one went down. Yep. And so we're sitting there watching him and we're kind of talking and Roman all of a sudden goes, JP just fell. Like, I don't know what happened. And then you see JP in the camera, like waving everybody up in full <laughs> panic mode. And like, we kind of casually got, by the time we got to him, he was like halfway down the stairs already. So we weren't exactly in a rush, but. Right. Yeah, that was, I was in like, I mean, we watched that and Maddie looks at me, she goes, she's just laughing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, it was humorous. I'm sure that he didn't find any humor in the situation at, the, at that <laughs> point in time. We did. We all thought it was hilarious, too. He jumps um, off the stool, knocks the stool over, throws his headlamp, throws his, bli- you know, it was, he just happened to get the, the part where he had to be blindfolded, too. So anything touching you when you're blindfolded is just 10 right. times. <laughs> well, and the best, I think one of my favorite parts, too, is he reaches his hand out and he goes, uh, if you want to come and touch me, go ahead. He's like, why did I say that? Yep. Instant regret. Yeah, like you, I and I like when I when the first time I watched it, I'm like, why would you? No, man, no. <laughs> Asking for trouble. Yeah, I'm like you're inviting it and whatever it is to come yeah. and yeah, whatever here here yeah no go ahead come touch me 
while I'm blindfolded, go ahead and, you know, grab my hand. Right. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let, let's see how we can make this. Although, well, I mean, cause you guys did have like the, the headlights on, but it, in, at night you guys couldn't really see in there anyway. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, this, this farmhouse is, you know, on this wicked, like you have to turn off a main road and go down this other small side street and then you're up on a hill and like there's no street lights or anything. So it's, you know, you're in the middle of a farm essentially. So when it's dark, it's, it's dark. And then they it's have dark. They have it set up as, you know, the old haunted house that they ran. So they still had the maze set up and a lot of the windows blacked out. So, I mean, it was like walk into walls because you can't see dark in there. That was the thing that threw me off, too, is that they rent the place out or whatever they do. And they they have like Halloween season uh, haunted house in a haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. It's just asking, it, you know, and that's the thing that makes it even worse because the people that are going through it have to then decide if this is an actor that they're seeing or experiencing or or something actually paranormal happening. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine coming out of there and being like, you know, at this part and so and so. And I saw this and, the, you know, yeah. the guy's like, that's not part of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. that's. Yeah, yeah. I've heard those stories from a bunch of places that do um, like the theatrical haunted houses around Halloween. Kids, will, you know, people come out and be like, oh, the little girl on the second floor was terrifying. And the owner will be like, we don't have any little girl actors on the second floor. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh, man, that would be, I mean, hell, I, that, that would be my response, even if I had a little girl on the yeah, second right. floor. You know, <laughs> like, oh, by the way, yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah, it's part of the show. But we're going to tell this person that it wasn't, because just to give it a little bit more validity. Um, oh, yeah, right. So I, I, I got a chance to watch, I, I checked out some of the videos on YouTube um, for Madhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some of the clips that are uploaded and, and uh, like, please let me know when that's back up on Amazon so I can watch that because Absolutely. Uh, Madison Seminary actually, uh, that one, I mean Christ, I can't even watch it and I'm anxious about it. It's like, <laughs> but the, oh, and the crazy thing is is because we have talked on multiple different podcasts and, and I know you guys were part of the Halloween thing we did this year and mm-hmm. we've had you on the sh- like on the radio and this, that and the other thing and you've talked about that place. Actually, one of our stations out there had a had a contest around Halloween that you could you want this is this was the prize you won a night at Madison Seminary. <laughs> it's a good prize. I guess <laughs> it's a good prize. <laughs> it was like holy holy hell. But um, yeah. what, uh, so back to my original point, I was watching one of the clips and you guys were doing something with a closet. Yeah. So the closet is in Sarah's room. Sarah is, well, who they believe is Sarah is this this little girl spirit that hangs out in there. We're not convinced that it actually is a little girl spirit. We don't know if it's something mimicking that. Okay. Um, but there's a closet in there that is supposed to, like, that's where all the negative energy is. And it's like almost like a, a portal way. Um, people have, you know, had the door closed and put their fingers underneath the door and said something bit them and they pulled their hand out and it was bleeding and Ooh. all kinds of crazy stuff. People go in there and, the, and then they can't get out. Um, anytime the doors open, the activity in the building turns darker and more negative. So they try to keep the door closed at all times. So of course we went in and made sure we kept it open and opened it throughout the entire night. Um, okay. That makes, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Right, right. It's rational. But it was just like, you know, the experiences we were having in there with the door open, we, we had the door open, we'd put our voice recorder in the closet and then close the door. Um, and we'd do a quick session, like asking questions through the door, essentially. And we'd open the door, uh, take the recorder out and start listening to the audio. And as we're listening to it back, you know, we would hear something down the hall. So we'd leave and we wouldn't be able to listen to the audio. And then we'd come back and we'd try it again. And it happened a couple of times. And after we realized 
every time we had the door open, something would draw us out of the room so that we'd leave the door open for a longer period of time. Um, so that was pretty weird. Now, is that the room where you've had your issues or is that a different room in there? Different room. Madison's full of just fun places. That My room is on the uh, the third floor in the asylum area. Oh, okay. <laughs> Much more comforting. Right. Yeah, no, that would make me feel way more comfortable there. <laughs> like, no, no, no. The, the evil portal closet is not where I had my issues. It was in the... Yeah, that was the normal room. That room's calm for me. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord, man. Yeah, I was super bummed. I was actually supposed to be going back out to Madison in about two weeks for an event, but we had to we had to postpone it because everything going on. Right. Well, I mean, luckily things are starting to slowly open. Although I don't know in which phase of the reopening of our world does the paranormal <laughs> investigations fall. It's I it's don't. interesting. It, it depends on like each state and like the building themselves. I know that Madison actually is open right now for private investigations, um, only mm. because the groups are limited to less than 10 anyway, so the numbers are safe, um, and they're right. requiring people to wear masks, and it's typically, you know, your group, so you know everybody and you've been with people. Um, we're actually working on right now, we were supposed to film our third documentary in March, but again, we had to cancel because of everything going on, so we've been on, actually talking today, um, trying to plan the new dates for it as soon as we can, um, based on the state that we're going to their, their opening. So we're hopefully going to be able to do that in the next month or so. I mean, that would be great. I know we, uh, me, Katie and Michelle had planned on doing some daytime stuff with mm -hmm. kind of taking the psychic on the scene podcast on the road and, uh, turning it more into a video series. I think, mm -hmm. I think you and I have talked about that and, uh, yeah. and yeah, well, this kind of put a kibosh on that one. <laughs> Like, yeah. We haven't even been able to do any of our podcasts recently, right. so I'm, we just figured out this this Skype thing, which, I mean, as you're listening back to it, it sounds like a phone conversation, which essentially it is, but it's better than nothing, and it's right. not, you know, and for me, especially doing this one, like, dude, I've, I did, like, three solo podcasts, uh, <laughs> one of which I made it a half hour, the other two, I think, were, like, maybe 15 minutes, and that's... <laughs> And that's like 10 minutes of just absolute me talking nonsense because I ripped through my, my topics in like five minutes. It's hard to talk to yourself. <laughs> it is, it is awful. And I think in one of them, I was like, I have a whole new respect for people that do like talk shows Yeah. because when you're just talking, <laughs> I'm like, yep. I need to learn. I think I need, I need to learn how to pace myself is really what the issue is. You blow through everything too quick and then. <laughs> Yeah. Like, dude, I got done. Like I was in, like, as I'm recording and I'm looking, I look over at, uh, the program that I use to record everything. And I'm like, what do you mean? Three and a half minutes. <laughs> My <laughs> topics are done. Yeah. And it felt like I was talking for eternity. Yep. So, yep. um, the one thing I think because I haven't been able to see Madhouse yet, uh, the evil of nowhere starts with, I think, is it a flashback from Madhouse, where is it Alex that was having yeah, some so weird... That, that flashback is actually from... So we filmed Madhouse in November 2018. We yep. did a premiere event for the documentary where we released it early um, for people that bought tickets. They could come watch it and then investigate Madison with us. We did that in April of 2019. And then in July of 2019, we were all back out there again for um, a convention called MadCon. And that's a convention that the owner of Madison Seminary puts on to raise money for um, cystic fibrosis research every year. So okay. we, got invited, we got invited out for that. And we were investigating out there with some of the guests. And uh, 
that room just kind of took a turn for the worse that night for Alex and Keith and a couple other people. Um, and we filmed it. On, it was that it was filmed on JP's cell phone. So the video is super grainy and shaky. Um, but it was just this thing that, you know, we had an issue with at Madison before and people have had issues with at other places. And something happened in that room that night that really kind of took it to the next level. Um, and then we decided that we should go to somewhere that's known to be super evil and see what happens there, too. Oh, OK. That may, I, I mean, I. I... Listen, the more you talk, the more logical it sounds to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that thing at Madison happened in July, and then we were at Benton Farms filming, I think, three weeks later. So, oh, yeah, no, it's a, I would have <laughs> jumped right. Yeah, hey, listen, you got to jump right back on the horse, man. Right. You know, um, and it was like whatever it was that was happening was kind of was it going back and forth between the two or. Yeah. So it was like and again, this is another one of those rooms at Madison that is so unassuming. I mean, we didn't even investigate it when we filmed Madhouse because it's just this boring room with like a table in the middle of it on the civil war side of the building. Like nothing really ever happens in this area. It's pretty quiet. Um, they kind of went up there because nobody was up there investigating and they wanted to do a, you know, a solo quieter session. And, uh, they just sat down and started having this crazy energy near the table and it was affecting Alex. Um, and this other girl, Chloe and this woman, Cheryl, that were in there and, so then Keith ended up coming up a little while later and they said, you know, something's going on, something's going on. And Keith went to sit down and Cheryl said, Hey, don't sit in that chair. Somebody's there. Like there's something in that chair. And Keith was like, yeah, right. Whatever. So he sat down um, and whatever was there didn't appreciate that very much. And I've never seen Keith or Alex act like that. If I saw it and I didn't know them, I would say they were faking things and they were exaggerating. Um, but I know them. I know their personalities. They're not faking things. And another thing with it is like if they were going to fake some sort of channeling or, you know, whatever that was, why wouldn't they have faked it while we were filming our documentary to go on Amazon? Not at right. some convention, not not at some convention where the only thing we had to film with was a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like right. if you're gonna fake something for publicity and try to gain exposure with it, it would have been fake when we were going to put it on Amazon, not something that JP filmed on a cell phone and didn't get posted anywhere except for our next film. Wow, jeez. Yeah, it was when I, I, I know the first time I saw it, yeah, actually both times I saw it, and I'm trying to like, was trying to make sense and figure out what was going on. I know that the phone got super glitchy and like really, really just static, grainy. And, yeah. uh, and I'm like, and I was, tr I'm going, what the Christ is happening? Cause I couldn't figure out while I was watching, if it was affecting both the guys, if it was just one of them, I'm like, what is, and I, all I knew was it was creepy. And there was, uh, was it Alex that was just like laughing? Yeah. He started like chuckling and that's the same thing. Like me and JP were standing outside the room trying to figure out what was going on. And word kind of got out what was happening and a couple more people came up and were watching it. And actually a couple people that came up is they're like pretty popular YouTubers who had been there for another thing. And they were like blown away cause they'd never seen anything paranormal before. And they had been hanging out with us all weekend. So again, they kind of knew JP or uh, Keith and Alex. And mm -hmm. so we're all standing there watching this happen from about five feet away in the room. And, Keith started, you know, getting these weird looks on his face. And like you said, Alex just started like doing this weird maniacal laugh and all. Right. I don't know. It was super strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, oh, listen, and that's I mean, that's a good segue into the one part uh, in the evil of nowhere where they ha you guys have the clips of the guy that was there that wasn't with you that had like yeah. issues. 
Yeah, so that was to say the least. That was an event that Alex was actually at before. Alex was the only one that had ever been to Benton Farms before that time. Um, he okay. was the only one that had been there before us. So he had been at an event, and this other gentleman had been starting to get super affected by whatever was in this part of the building, and he was growling, and he, he essentially, like, passed out. Alex said, like, his heart rate, this guy's heart rate was uncontrollable, and he basically passed out, and, like, they didn't know if he was having a heart attack. They, they first thought it was actually like a medical emergency. They didn't think paranormal at all. They thought he was actually having like some kind of medical emergency. Um, by the time they got him out of the building, Alex said like his legs were super weak and they basically had to carry him out. And he was pretty much out of it for a while until they got him to the, and, and, and I'm not trying to like, I, I, there's, I'm not trying to spoil anything for anyone no, yeah. that wants to watch, but it's then, but they got him to the door and it became a struggle to get him out of, out the door. Right. It's like whatever had hold of him didn't want to leave the house or knew that if they got him outside, they weren't going to be able to affect him anymore. Right. Yeah. That was, I was like, what the fuck yeah. if I want? That spot where that happened was about five feet away from where my camera ended up malfunctioning and not working for the rest of my solo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now, then the part at the end, or I think, I think, yeah, it's towards the end where you have the, uh, the sensor going off like crazy. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you guys asked was, are you a shapeshifter? Yeah. What is this? What is a shapeshift? I tried looking it up and I'm like, like I was trying to get a grasp of the con- the definition and I couldn't because right. I don't. So essentially, well. that kind of stuff is like way more like Alex's specialty he he's really big into researching like the occult and all these old rituals he's not like a satanic worshiper or anything you know like that but like right. he, he likes to look at things in a different way than just going there with a camera and a voice recorder he, he says okay if these people were doing this a hundred years ago trying to contact the dead well why wouldn't it work now if we tried it especially right. if the people that were doing it are the ones we're trying to talk to now so he likes looking <laughs> all that kind of stuff up and like shapeshifters, as far as what he's explained it, are they're basically non-human spirits. So they were never living. They were never a person. Um, it can be like energy that's manifested into whatever this is, whether it's negative intent from people that come in there or a negative, you know, ritual or something. And they literally just shift shapes. They can be, you know, the shape of a person. They can be the shape of like a devil looking thing, pretty much anything. And they just aren't a human spirit. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, from the little bit of stuff that I've learned from Katie and Michelle, if there is some sort of like dark, we'll say dark arts stuff going on or had gone on there at some point, because I think we ran into that, me, the three of us, when we were at Albany rural and we ran into our demon Mm -hmm. is I think, you know, different rituals bring these things on. So God knows what was going on back right. whenever, you know what I mean? So um, now the thing that, that, that when you, when we were talking about that, the idea popped in my head, I'm curious if it's, what is it? The third floor where they say there's a little kid up there, but nobody thinks it's actually a little child. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost curious if that quote unquote shapeshifter is that little kid. Right, because they they think third floor has the little kid that, again, they're not really sure if it is. And then some people claim that they see an angry old man up there. So, like, people are seeing all these different things in this small little space um, and having really different experiences. Um, I mean, it could be multiple spirits or it could be leading into the, you know, the shape-shifting aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind (laughs) of stuff. That and the mirror session. 
I was like, what the f- what? Again, that's that's Alex bringing his weird brain and his weird ideas into the thing. And, you know, it's something I had never done before. And I don't think Keith or JP had ever done. And it was weird. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was super weird. I mean, I, I wasn't sure what to expect with it. And I don't really know what it was happening. But you stare into that thing and some weird stuff happens. I really can't explain it. It was a little off-putting. I was, I was like, holy, I mean, you can't, obviously you can't see it on the camera and I'm not even right. sure, even if you were actually shooting the mirror, you would see the same right. thing that that, per, you know what I mean? Like, but to look into a mirror and to see yourself grinning when you're not grinning, it's creepy. And, or to look back again and to see your, like see an old man's face when you're not an old man. Yeah. It's- yeah. I, I, I would have, it, you would have seen like the cartoon cut out in the wall of me, <laughs> like Bugs Bunny style, right yeah. through the. I mean, I was like, yeah, well, you could run through that wall. It's only a farmhouse. Like, how thick could the walls be? Right. It's pretty old. I mean, it's probably fragile. I mean, and that attic itself was like just super creepy because the way it's set up, like, you have that main staircase. So, going from the first to the second floor is no problem because it's got this big, wide open staircase. But going from the second floor to the attic, the staircase is closed off and it's super narrow. So, you can't see like the next landing until you make that turn. And then you can't see upstairs until you're pretty much upstairs. And you get up there and it's got those sloped, angled, small roofs with a lot of weird little corners. There's a whole lot of stuff up there from who knows what and who knows who, and it's right. just all over the place. And I mean, it is dark up there. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, the, the attic itself, you guys had some. It was just kind of creepy, just in general. And then that the, the thing that I keep going back to, where you had that super interaction with the with the shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, you had seen someone standing on the landing. Yeah, that. That shadow is one of the clearest shadow people I've seen in a long time. And it caught me so off guard because we were kind of getting ready to, to do the next experiment with the tone generator on my phone. Like we were getting ready to decide like if I was going to hold the phone, if I was going to put it somewhere, how we were going to film it. Um, and basically the idea was like we're going to play all these different tones. Some of them are going to be inaudible to us. We're not going to be able to hear them at all. Some of them we are. Um, and just see kind of what that is. what effect it has whether they can hear tones that we can and maybe it'll draw them in um if it puts energy out into the universe we don't really know so we were trying all these tones and we're setting it up and i have the phone in my hand and i actually had the tone going but it was an inaudible one you couldn't hear it it was so low you couldn't hear it and it had been going for probably five minutes or so and i'm just kind of sitting there waiting while they're setting up the cameras and uh i like wipe my eyes a little bit and then i just kind of look up and as i look up I see the shadow of a person standing on the first landing of the stairs. My mind immediately says, okay, that's, you know, one of the guy's shadows being cast by the camera. So that's right. I just looking at it. And then as I like focus on it more, I see it turn. And what got me is when it turned, I could see an arm come out and a hand hit the railing. And when a hand hit the railing and it took off up the stairs, that's when I knew it wasn't somebody's shadow being cast. And I kind of lost it for a second because you just don't expect it. Right. Well, and the good news is, though, is they're 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 practicing safety as well by using a handrail to go up right. to go up the stairs. They're very good, very good uh, spirits, and they might have had you know a little bit of a a psychic ability and could see the future a little bit because they were also practicing their social distancing. Yeah, look at that. So, I mean that that's the crazy part too. It's like I wonder if they know they don't have to use the handrail. Right. Like, are you gonna fall? Like, what happens if you fall? Does it matter? Right. <laughs> like, if you You're fall, don't, don't you just go down to the next floor? I don't right, like. I mean, wouldn't you just be there? Like, and then we don't know if the you know we don't know if the tone 
had anything to do with it. If that drew it in or if that was just a coincidence that it was coming down to check on us or, or what was happening. But it was a super weird sequence of events, which led up to that whole interaction with the, uh, the REM pod going off in the same yeah. spot. That was just that, that, that whole thing. I was like, Nope. nope. And I got to tell you, you <laughs> four, you four gentlemen that like to go and do this on top of, you know, your, your group in the South Glens Falls Paranormal Society. Uh, the one investigation that I've been on with you, we apparently are braver than my friend who is currently serving in the army that has been in the last two podcasts with me, my buddy Rich, because I started telling them about uh, how excited I was to have you on and kind of like told some stories and then mm-hmm. got into some of the stuff that happened to me, Katie and Michelle, when we were out doing our thing uh, last Halloween season. And he was like, nope, nope. <laughs> A whole nope. lot of no. He's like, He's like, dude, for the past six years of my military career, I've been jumping out of airplanes and helicopters, and I would rather do that than screw with any of the stuff that you guys are doing. <laughs> That's how a lot of people are, though. You can't, I mean, I guess a lot of people say, you know, you can't fight what you can't see, and you, and it's the fear of the unknown, because there's no way to explain it, and that freaks people out. That is true, you know, and, and so, yeah, well, then maybe that's his, maybe that's his issue. I'm like, dude, I don't understand. Like, I would be way, like, for me... I would be way more nervous doing some of the things that he has done. Oh, absolutely. As opposed, you know, as opposed to like when we went and did our thing on the Halloween live broadcast at mm-hmm. uh, the the Groom's Tavern there. And I yeah. was like, I mean, I had, I felt someone touching my neck when we were there. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, while you were explaining the equipment that you and the, you know, the, the listeners were going to use, I got wicked dizzy at one mm-hmm. point. And, uh, according to, I think it was Michelle that was explaining it to me, said that generally means like that, whatever, one of the energies was extremely close, like probably standing right in front of me, which is what threw me off. And I was like, scared the crap out of me. Cause I was like, Steve was in the middle of talking and I felt like I was going to pass out. And I was like, there could be nothing more embarrassing than me passing out (laughs) in front of a room full of listeners. Well, imagine jumping off of a stool and falling on your back and then having the video being put on Amazon. Okay, well, fair you enough. know that's pretty. That's pretty much where JP's <laughs> at right now with his life. Right, <laughs> and you're the guy that yep. just dove off a stool. Got yep. it. Yep, it's so, it's pretty um, funny. I mean, it, it and it's interesting to see how people react to different situations. Because if I was in that situation and if it touched me, I might have done the same thing. I don't know, right. or I might have just ignored it and played it off like nothing happened. It, it's it's cool to see how people react to you know fear differently, and that's. That's the premise for a lot of the, you know, the TV shows that are successful is, okay, can this person push themselves past this limit? There's that new show, um, Destination Fear, that's been out. It's, it's in its second season now on the Travel Channel. Um, and it's these four friends, uh, brother and sister and two of their childhood friends, that they don't claim to be paranormal investigators. That's not their thing. They right. grew up in a haunted house and they had a lot of terrifying experiences. So now they're doing this like psychological experiment of how does fear affect the human mind and how far it are people able to push themselves when they're terrified of these things and they scream and they run, but they stick it out and they try to stay. And then they all sleep separately in the buildings by themselves too. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, no, see, I don't know as if like what with me, it was like when I could, cause it felt like someone was kind of like flicking my hair mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck? And I kind of looked <laughs> like it didn't even, when it happened, it didn't necessarily register. Cause it, right. it was like either like a flicking of my hair or like something tapping on the back of my head, but like, it didn't feel like a muscle twitch. It felt like something touching me. Mm-hmm. So I like, 
I kind of like brushed my head and then it did it again. And I was and like, it didn't scare me. Cause I, like I said, like originally it didn't register. And then I went, wait a minute. Like there's, <laughs> like there's no way because a, where I was standing, you couldn't stand behind me to do that. Plus nobody was near me enough to be able to do that. Right. So I'm like, Oh shit. I was like, something's touching me. That's kind of how a lot of the experiences have been at the homestead when we've been working, you know, it's things that at the time that they're happening, you don't freak out and you don't think of because you don't think it's paranormal. We've had, you know, it's happened to pretty much everybody that's been up there where they'll be working in one hallway or one part of the hallway and they're shoveling a room or moving debris or doing whatever. And they'll hear, you know, one of us walking down the hall towards them to, you know, start working or do whatever. And they just kind of let it go. And then the footsteps stop or the footsteps pass the room and then there's nobody there. Um, it's happened more times than I can count already. It's just people think that, you know, somebody else is walking down the hall towards them to either help them or move something else. And then there's nobody there. Same thing with voices. Um, you're hearing people talk. We keep thinking people are breaking in while we're up there. And there have been plenty of people that have broken in while we're up there, but there's times we hear voices and, you know, hear voices in the basement or on the second floor. And we go to clear them out and tell them they can't be in here and there's nobody there and there's no cars anywhere. So it's, but at the same time, you don't think it's paranormal at the moment it happens. Right. It, well, you would think, like, for me, it would have registered we were there to do a paranormal thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were here because of this. Right. Like, it was just before Halloween, and I still couldn't figure out because I wore my Olaf onesie, uh, which was my <laughs> Halloween costume. And people were like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, because it's Halloween. I'm like, I don't. How come nobody else is wearing a costume? But right, you're like, I'm the weird one today? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, we're doing a Halloween thing. I wore a costume. Everyone's looking at me like, I'm weird because I got an Olaf onesie on. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, you would have thought, like, I would have gone, whoa, what the hell is that? You know, holy shit. But no, it was just kind of like, yep, okay. Yep. And then as I got sweaty and, you know, lightheaded, <laughs> I'm like, and then that's when I grabbed Katie and Michelle and I said, yo, this is what just happened. And Michelle's like, oh. Oh, and good. Like, she's like, oh, this. And I was like, I don't like that. I was like, <laughs> you know, keep that to yourself next time. <laughs> you know? It's like, that was not a pleasant, because what it was, was best way I can explain it is if you've ever been like super hungry mm-hmm. and, you know, like where you're almost to that, like malnutrition kind of state, I think, because I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't, I've never really been malnutritioned, but, um, you know, like really hungry, lightheaded, nauseous yeah. feeling. Yep. And I'm like, well, that can't be right because I just ate like six slices of pizza. <laughs> there was so much pizza there that night. Oh my God. That was really, <laughs> I'm like, why did we order 47 pizzas for 12 people? <laughs> Nobody's going hungry that night. That's for sure. <laughs> no. So, you know, I, tr- cause I'm like, I'm running through scenarios in my head while you're explaining equipment to everybody mm-hmm. and I'm going, well, I'm not hungry. I can't be hungry. I was like, I just had like three pieces of pepperoni pizza, a slice of this pizza. <laughs> and Michelle's like, yeah, no, usually if, if the energy is like right by you or in front of you, that's usually what happens. They're like, we have it happen all the time. I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm like, that's gotta suck. <laughs> it's like, it's like the same effect as being hungry though, because whatever it is, is draining all of your energy out and it's just making you super weak. It's, it's the same thing, but caused by something that you can't see. Okay. So you explained it way better than Michelle did. Because <laughs> that was not it, like, and I never even thought of that. Like it was draining my energy. Yeah. They need energy. The whole theory behind them and why, you know, batteries drain or why 
you know, stuff dies around paranormal activities because they're draining the energy and they're using the energy from these items in order to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's show themselves, move something, you know, make a noise, do whatever we're asking them to do all night. They need energy to do that. Oh, now that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, she kind of, <laughs> although maybe it was because I stopped there because she was like, no, that usually means like they're just very, very close to you. Right. And I was like, and, that, and then we kind of like went about, but then again, like, then everybody had stuff to do. They were going with the groups and I had to go jump on the radio. And so we kind of like, it was kind of, you know, not short her explanation, but now that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. They need energy. So if they're, and, and she's right, they're probably standing right next to you doing whatever they do to, to drain the energy from you so they can use it to do whatever. All I can think of when people say they're draining the energy from you is uh, the mummy when he's like sucking all the life out of people to like manifest <laughs> himself. That's like what I envision in my head every time. I, you know, I mean, best way I could, that sounds like per, makes perfect sense <laughs> to me. Cause it, I'm just glad whatever that was went away before I fell over. Right. That would have put a damper on the presentation too. Yeah. No. Yeah. I would have definitely taken the attention off of what you were doing. <laughs> if I just collapsed yep. to the ground. We got one man down so far. Yeah. I mean, listen, you want to talk, a, we gave those people an amazing experience as it was. Cause that night was pretty crazy. That was cool. all that around. Was um, but had I passed out, it would have been like <laughs> off the charts. People have been like, he almost died. Yeah. Like, remember we went to that thing and the radio DJ passed out? <laughs> the ghost almost killed him? <laughs> like, like, this is not the first time I've ever passed out at a radio event, but it was usually a nightclub and I was hammered. <laughs> right. There was an explanation for it that you understood. Right. Yeah, I mean, we, and, you know, we didn't even really talk much about that. And I didn't get, I, I knew a couple of the things that happened at the groom's tavern, but you guys had some like really crazy shit go on upstairs, right? Oh yeah. There was all kinds of footsteps, voices. Um, somebody had like a door moving. I know a couple of the groups were having really, really good, um, activity with like their K2 meters getting really good responses. And then, you know, of course you have Katie and Michelle up there who are like, Oh yeah, that's just the little girl that's sitting over there in the corner. <laughs> so nonchalant. Yeah. Um, I doing the stuff that I've done with them. I'm like, you guys live in a completely different reality than I do. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like there's been a time um, here. I know you guys, you guys, the Southlands Falls Paranormal Society did an investigation in the iHeart Latham building, correct? Yeah, we did a, a super quick one um, with uh, Kevin and Tracy. Uh, right. And back. We had some weird guys, stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. No. And and uh, Katie and Michelle have both told us that, you know, there are there's definitely energies in here. I think it actually I mean for whatever the reason is, but we are close to the Mohawk river as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of the fact that we have a bunch of like you know, antennas and shit on the roof. Um, but oh, what the hell? Oh, the one day they showed up so we could do one of our psychic on the scene podcasts. And Michelle goes, yeah, no, when I got here, there was someone standing over by the water fountains. <laughs> and, like, and that's the thing. Like people always assume, oh, well, you know, it has to be a super old house or a hospital or something where a lot of people have died or it's got 300 years of history. That's just not how it is. Like you said, you're near the water, the moving water is creating energy, which is a possibility, um, all the antennas. And then you got to think about how many people have worked there that really love their job and then have passed on. You know what I mean? And just because somebody didn't die there doesn't mean that they're not haunting there. And the person that's haunting there doesn't even have to be dead. So. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) So how does that work? 
that falls under like the category of residual haunting. So residual hauntings is just leftover energy that's trapped in a building or trapped in a location. Um, and it kind of plays itself over and over again, like a movie or, you know, a tape player playing back. Think about all the equipment you guys have in there that literally records everyday life. That's there to record stuff. So you have all these people that are working there. They're putting all this energy into it. There's a lot of happy times in this building, a lot of sad times. Um, so the energy is getting imprinted in this building. There's people that have been seen haunting um, their house while they're alive. Like they've actually said, it's kind of like a doppelganger effect too, um, where it's, you know, the same person. But again, it could just be residual energy from somebody that's not dead yet. Huh. Wow. That's, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I never even thought of that. Yeah. I mean, but you know, Michelle did that here. And then we were also at another location at professor Java's where Katie has had quite a fun experience with a German fellow. Um, she told me that story. What a, I, I'm, I'm going to have them on because I was like, yo, I know we that we do our own podcast. I was like, but I want you guys on my podcast because we've never talked about like their history on right. Psychic on the Scene, like development, development and what they've become and how they became psychic mediums and this, that and the other thing. But while we were there. Uh, at Professor Java's doing our video thing, we go down to the basement and we we do a couple of different things. And then Michelle's like, yeah, I'm going to go over here and uh, clear this gentleman who was standing here <laughs> when we walked in. <clears throat> and I'm like, how does that not like screw you up that you just walk like there? There was a man standing there, she said, who had on a leather jacket with kind of like um like stripes going down the sleeves and a motorcycle helmet. And I don't think he realized he had passed on, but she ended up clearing him. But she's like, no, he was standing like right over here by the, whatever was like in this one room. She's like, you didn't see him. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Didn't see them. I'm like, you would have known had I seen somebody that was standing there that wasn't there. You trust me. You would have known. So, um, that was, uh, I mean, they had some like crazy, they, they could feel like the pressure changes in the basement there and stuff. I didn't feel much there, but they also have a different connection than I do. Right. They feel things on a whole different level than everybody else. Yeah. And they were like, you you don't have like a lot of pressure in your like ears and head. I'm like, no, but then again, I'm kind of lightheaded and, and all weird kind of anyway, all the time. So <laughs> Yeah, it's and that's where like that was the first time I had really worked with either of them. You know, we've been on their pod. We've been I've been on your podcast with them and they've been on mine with Terry. Um, And so we've all talked about stories. That was the first real time that we've actually gotten to, like, investigate and go somewhere that was haunted together. And it was was interesting. It's super cool to see, um, you know, some really talented psychic mediums like that dig in and allow people to experience things. Um, with these scientific equipment and just themselves before saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. A lot of times you'll get psychic mediums that they want to be the center of attention the whole time because they are gifted and they can see all this stuff and that's great, but it creates a lot of bias. If they say, hey, there's a little girl in this room right off the bat, no matter how hard you try, all of your questioning and everything that happens throughout the rest of the night is going to be focused on that little girl because you said, she said they were in there. So right. they were really good about letting people experience things, letting the equipment do this. And then when somebody says, Hey, what do you think this means? Or, you know, Hey, we're not really getting anything. Do you feel anybody in here? They jumped right in and, and it was super cool. 
Yeah, no, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed going to the couple places that I've been with them. Um, only because like, I've never really seen them work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's always kind of like we're in, we're doing a podcast. So we're talking about something or, uh, the, the first time I met Katie, I was recording for the 518 paranormal project before you guys had taken it over mm-hmm. and she read for me like on the spot, which was like, Oh shit. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and the stuff that she was saying, I had both of my grand grandfathers come through and she was saying some stuff about my grandparents or my grandfathers that was like spot on. And I've never, I've never actually had a reading. My mother and my aunt are, well, my aunt has passed on, but my mother's super into all that stuff has been for years. Mm-hmm. And I've never had that experience. And like the best way I could describe what happened because when like people were like wasn't that weird and weren't you scared i was like no i was like if you've ever felt what love feels like coming from inside your body out that's what it felt like it was extremely comforting it was extremely warm and it was like oh holy shit it is it's a crazy crazy thing it's super it is like you said it's warm and it feels like safe and comfortable like you said comfortable well, and that's what we, so we went to, oh God, where the fuck, I don't even know, someplace in the stockades down in, in Schenectady. I can't think of the name of the place. And um, yes, the Van Dyke. Wow, I, lived, I lived right down the street from there. And we, we got there and while Katie and Michelle were doing stuff on, you know, during our video that we were shooting, we were actually upstairs in where the jazz club used to be. Mm-hmm. And Michelle was doing a dowsing rod session or Katie was and our, my friend Corinne who works here at the radio station was with us. And Katie literally stops and goes, I just want to tell you that there is a woman, an older woman standing behind you. She's been with you since we left Latham. She's like, looks very similar to you. like very same eye shape goes through a bunch of different things and was telling Corinne a bunch of stuff. Turns out it was Corinne's grandmother. And like there was a flower that Corinne's grandmother was fond of Katie nailed that. I mean, like, like five, six things right in a row, just ripped them right out. And Corinne started, got, she got emotional, which is right. hard not to do. So as we left the Van Dyke, we were going over, I think we ended up at uh, uh Vale cemetery, kind of just driving around. But, uh, I, I was talking to Corinne and I go, it's crazy, right? She goes, Oh my God. <laughs> And so I described the feeling that I had when Katie did that to me. And she goes, yeah, no. She's like, if I were to describe what I felt, that was exactly. Because, yeah, it was like a warm internal feeling. And you can kind of like just feel your heart fill up. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not in a not in a bad way. Not like, oh, shit, I'm having a heart attack. Something's wrong. You just kind of you fill up with like, it's hard. It, I mean, it, it's just really warm and comforting. So that's basically best way I can describe it. And you can't describe it until you like people don't understand until they experience, it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of can't describe it until they experience it. Um, how many Ouija boards do you have now? Um, push. I think I'm at 70 now, right now. <laughs> I just got Easy. a, I just got another one two days ago, I think. So yeah, I'm at, I'm at about 70. It took 55 minutes to get into your oddities collection, but <laughs> I got there and you I got changed there. subjects really quick. Like I know there's people that listen, um, 
religiously to this, mostly just my mom. But she's like, <laughs> you bounce around. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how my thought process works. So that's what happens. You go where your brain goes, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a reason why I called it Inside the Mind of D. Scott. So, <laughs> but yeah, so, so for those, for those that have been listening for this long, first of all, thank you. Uh, Steve does collect some she, oddities. That's, that's the best way we can describe it, I think. That's <laughs> like, it, yeah. Ouija boards, you have an autopsy table. Yep, I do. Headstones. I do have the headstones actually come from the uh, the stockade, too, where you were just talking about. Yeah, that was, I, that was other stuff that I told my buddy who's in the army. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I actually <laughs> just, got, um, just got my fourth uh, antique wicker wheelchair about a month ago also. Now, uh, the all the wheelchairs you have are wicker? Yep, yep, from the early 1900s. Wicker wheelchairs. There's a tongue twister for you. That's <laughs> literally how I, when I said that, I go, he's got wicker wheelchairs. Say that five times fast. And you my can, add, was you like, can add wooden. So they're like wooden wicker wheelchairs. Oh, there, Jesus Christ. No, I'm good. <laughs> but when I said that, I'm like, say that five times fast. And I think my friend must have thought it was like Beetlejuice. He's like, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> Going to conjure something up. Yeah. I was like, don't worry, man. Like Michael Keaton's not going to show up with you know green hair. <laughs> And turn himself into some serpent. I'm like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be safe. Yeah. So have you, I mean, aside from the Ouija boards, have we, have we added anything else that would, I would scratch my head at? I, um, let me see. The Ouija boards. I got the wheelchair. Um, I still have the headstones, the autopsy table, like you were saying. Um, I have things that have been thrown at us on investigations. I have a few tiles um, from the homestead that I've brought home. Um which we're actually going to be uh, pretty soon. We're going to be selling uh, tiles from the homestead that are, you know, broken off the walls um, as a little piece of history and a little memento people can buy um, to help raise money towards the restorations and getting a, you know, a new fence put up and, and sealing the building. So we're going to be selling little pieces of the building for people. If they're interested, we'll be doing that soon. Um, so you can have your own little haunted artifact in your house if you want. Yeah. I mean, listen, just because Steve likes to bring home shit with energy doesn't mean you shouldn't. <laughs> right? Just join the party. It's, it's a you lot should, more interesting, I'm telling you. It's you should do it, too. I mean, it's not like you live in a 104-year-old home as it is. <laughs> right? I have to add to it. It's not, it's not yeah. old. But now the thing is, too, is I've heard you talking, like, the things that you've brought in haven't necessarily – like, the weird shit was happening before, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the stuff you're bringing into your home is what's causing – the other stuff to happen. This was more like it's already been happening and nothing's yeah, we really kinda, changed. We kind of gave up on trying to figure it out, whether it's the house, the items that we have, or if it's me that's haunted. We just kind of gave up and accepted it at this point. I'm Listen, I think I told you when we did the psychic on the scene, I'm pretty sure you have like 10,000 attachments. <laughs> yeah, I think Katie kind of said that too. She's like, yeah, you're, yeah. She's like, yeah, you're not alone. You're followed. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you don't, Necessary, you don't quote unquote protect yourself when you go right. and do these things. Right. So I have learned in my, and I have nowhere near the experience of going to do these things that you have, but I've learned that, you know, immediate, like we got done and immediately Michelle and, and Katie were doing clearings and, and smudgings and all this stuff. And like just our trip to the cemetery, although I don't know what was prior, like what was attached prior to me getting there. Right. Um, but I was up to like, I think like in the fifties of attachments and so, 
Uh, yeah, but well, I mean, listen, we went in there and God, like the, that cemetery was open in 1844, I believe, or open 1894. I don't know, 18 in the 1800s, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you the story about the demon, which was mind blowing yeah. to me because that was like our first let's go out and do this ghost wrangler thing that we did. And aside from like us talking to the historian of the cemetery, when ki- and this was the this was the, like uh, like the other shit wasn't weird, but this was the weird part <laughs> where it was all weird. But I mean, like Katie glazed over. Like she was in mid conversation and kind of like her eyes glazed over and she was just looking and she's like, does anybody else see the guy that keeps walking by us? Like, no, <laughs> nope, just no. you. Yeah. Cause I mean, because this, this, this man was pacing. I'm like, don't you think someone would have known, especially after she described him and he was wearing like civil war uniform, had a sword, very, like very stoic, yeah, everybody sees him. Nobody just says anything about him. Yeah, like the first thing I wouldn't have said was, "Anybody else see the guy with the sword?" <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Anybody see him? Yeah, like because that's what we listen. Nowadays, everybody walks around with swords. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and in an army uniform from the you know 1800s. Yeah, it's ca- casual wear. So, but that was a. That was a like a weird. I looked at her and it was like a, it was. She was definitely not here. Mm-hmm. She was. I mean, she was present, but she was definitely not present. And then she could hear someone like off in the distance too, where someone was hung, uh, just off the property of the cemetery and stuff. And it was like this whole thing was just. Yeah, got to be so weird for her too, because like <laughs> she has to ask those kind of questions. Hey, do you guys see this Civil War soldier walking around, or is it just me? Yeah. Well, and can you imagine, like, if you're in a in a set like a setting where you don't know everybody that you're talking to? Right, right. <laughs> How do you approach a, that? Yeah, like you know, if there's like seven, eight strangers, and you're like, you guys don't happen to see a guy walking around in a Civil War outfit, right? Nobody the sees that. Are gonna be like, and and those strangers are going to be like, "Fuck's going on here?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's no, but don't, um, she's, but she's brought that up a couple of times where she has to ask, did you hear, did you see, did anybody else? She did it. Um, she read for Jamie Roberts who works on one of the stations here and she was doing that. That was incredible too, because the stuff that Katie came out with about Jamie's grandmother and aunt, and it just like this house that they used to go to and stuff that, I know that the skeptics will go, well, you can look that up yet. Yeah, no, you can't because like, it was Jamie's real name. It was Jamie's grandmother's name, her aunt's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like the house that they used to go to for family gatherings and the holidays and that her grandmother and aunt lived that. But at some point during this whole thing, Katie looks around and she goes, who's Bobchi? Now I'm standing there and I looked at Jamie Jamie's like, that means nothing to me. I raised my hand. I was like, uh, I called my grandmother, Bobchi, because that was it. Bobchi is Polish for grandmother. Mm-mm. And I, I'm Polish. That was the extremely Polish side of my family. And she goes, oh, she just wants you to know she's here. I'm <laughs> like, well, that was rude that she interrupted, but thank you. So, right. 
thanks, but you should have waited. (laughs) But I guess what had happened, and when we got done with everything, and Katie looks at me and Jamie, and she goes, did anybody else hear, like, this really loud whoosh? And we're like, no. No. I definitely, no, none of us heard that. She goes, what that was? She goes, okay. That was just me. She goes, what that was was my grandmother coming through, like a, pardon the expression, like a bat out of hell to make sure that we noticed that she was here. She like wanted to let us know that she was there. Man. And I'm like, oh, okay. But that was another time where she was like, did anybody else hear this? Right. Like, nope. No, no, you weirdo. It's just you. <laughs> so I listen, dude, I miss like a doing our podcast, getting out and doing it because like when you're around it all the time, you're, you're a lot more sensitive to it. Oh Yeah. And for me, it's died down quite a bit because I'm just not around it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, we got to start doing stuff again. And listen, and all of a sudden now I'm the weird guy that's like, this sucks that the ghosts aren't like touching me. <laughs> I, I want to go sleep in a haunted building again. This sucks. I don't want to do that. I don't have, <laughs> listen, like the stuff that you guys do. And it, that's the, that was the part. Like we want to do our stuff, and like do it during the day. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I think that's more scheduling purposes. But. You guys like spend a weekend. Yeah, yeah, sleep in uh, hospitals. Sleep. I've fallen asleep in the uh, body train of morgue before. Sure. Let's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's normal. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's, God. Now that I'm th- I'm like, man, I got some weird friends. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You get a weird. You get a weird group of friends when you start doing this stuff a little more. Yeah. Well, but I'm okay with that. Listen, it's, it's being normal is boring. So screw right? it. I might as well. Let's so way now, more with this. now, what? Let's. I mean, we'll we'll uh we'll start wrapping this up. Do you have anything aside from the fact that we can't go out and you know be near people, um, <laughs> on the horizon? We'll say. I know you said you were, you had to reschedule the documentary. Yeah, we had to reschedule March. We're working on the dates right now. Um, we should have things booked up here, hopefully by the end of this week, so we can get out there. Um, we're doing cleaning at the homestead every single weekend. Um until we can get that open as soon as um, the lockdown is lifted where we can start to gather a little bit again. Um, we're going to open it back up for like the photography tours again. Uh, we're going to okay. have everybody wear masks and everything like that. Um, but we'll be doing some smaller grouped photography tours to get people in there. Um, and then once we get a little farther in the cleanup, we're hoping to do paranormal stuff there as well. Um, do some ghost hunting in there. Um, there may or may not be, a little more publicity coming for the homestead in the form of national TV in the near future. Um, oh, shit. So all kinds of cool stuff going on. Nice. That, that's awesome. I know that me, Katie, and Michelle definitely want to get out there once you guys oh, yeah, are allowed definitely, to. Have. Definitely got to get them walking through there. And I know Terry's been itching to get out there, too. So as soon as we can get people out there, we'll have to have everybody come up and check it out. Terry just wants to go because he likes old, weird things. And that's that's and exactly what this building is. Him and his skeptical trying to figure it all out self that he is he's like yeah right i'm like dude why do you want to go to all these haunted places you don't believe in any of the haunted stuff <laughs> like okay it's the history of so, it. it's the cool old building he's uh terry has some def- different tendencies he's also a fan of the rundown motels that are rampant here in the capital region so. <laughs> hey everything everybody's got their thing right that is true although i think he's a he likes the urban exploring type stuff. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's, which is definitely, that, that's some cool shit. So, um, 
All right, now let's plug, let's hit your socials up so people can find you or get, get in touch with you in case their houses or uh, businesses or properties have some sort of weird, unexplainable shit, or maybe it's so bad that, you know, you can film a documentary there. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of them. So we got uh, Southlands Falls Paranormal Society on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we have uh, The Evil of Nowhere and Madhouse, a paranormal documentary, both on Amazon Prime. Uh, they're free if anybody wants to watch those. Um, we have Haunted Nights, which is my event company. That's also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, let's what else I got. My personal Instagram is just Steve underscore at uh, underscore SGFPS. And that's where I post a lot of pictures of my collection and uh, a lot of videos of the homestead and stuff, too. Um, that's paranormal right there. That's everything. Perfect. Dude, thank you so much for just over an hour of your time uh, that I will have you on as often and or as, as, as much as we can when you're Absolutely. available. Just, I mean, we barely scratch the surface and with you continuously doing this stuff, uh, the stories will just keep on coming. And of Absolutely. course, if you got, and if you got something going out, you know, coming out that you want to publicize, I'm always here to let you do that. So. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I, I always love coming on and chatting. So anytime. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. We'll wrap it up as always, like I always do, because if, listen, if people can make it through an hour and 10 minutes of just whatever <laughs> it is that I'm talking about, like it, follow it, subscribe, whatever, uh, share it, tell your friends about it. Like there's some weird shit. You got to listen to this. Um, and that is pretty much it. So Steve, thank you again. Thank you.